Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end with friends we never want to leave over food we probably shouldn't be eating. Friends, welcome to Diner Talks with James. I'm James. Today's guest is the one and only Justin Jones Fosu. If you have seen him speak, you remember it uh, because his energy and his power of both the way that he acts on stage and of his words are super tangible, palpable, sticky. He's also had some really cool things happen in his life. He's got an amazing family. I've had the opportunity to meet them. Uh, his, his wife is currently chasing down a doctorate because she's a boss. Uh, I'm just so excited to talk to him, y'all. I think you're going to be pumped to meet him as well. Let's bring him in right here. Start that slow clap right now. Start that start that knee padding. My man, Justin Jones Fosu. There he is, brother. There he is. What's up, man? I can't unmute you, but you're going to unmute yourself. Ooh, I love ooh, it. This ooh, is- ooh. Yo, look at this background you got, brother. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I can put it together. I'm here. This is very fancy. Very uh, fancy. <laughs> I wanted to know who are your three favorite black bald guys? Who are my three favorite black bald guys? Great question. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely in no order. Uh, not you. Um, no. <laughs> I kind of figured that. Uh, that's not true because, well, it's interesting because some are now bald, but didn't used to be bald. So I'm trying to think of like where people are at right now, uh, in their, in their baldness. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. go Michael Jordan third cause uh, uh-huh. he's first in too many people's books, but I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. So I would oh. never rank him first in anything. I don't care if he was the greatest player of all time. Uh, John Starks for the dunk. John Starks, number three, baby. Number three. Uh, uh, next favorite bald guy. Uh, never, next favorite black bald guy. This is a really fascinating uh, question here, brother. Uh, um, is, uh, uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember his name. Uh, extremely intelligent and brilliant uh, news pundit um, uh, who does all the stuff around the elections. Vance. Vance? Uh, yeah, Vance. Yes. Vance. Yes, 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 yes. Van. Yeah, sure. Van. Van, Van, yep. Yep. Shout out to Van. Um, And then Justin Jones Fosu. Justin Jones Fosu, number number one by far. Hey, we we all don't look alike, man. (laughs) You're right. That's why that's why it took me so long. Thank you, Alex, dude. That's why it took me so long. uh, Actually, yeah. Um, So nothing but compartmentalized racism here in Diner Talks with James. It's what we do at the diner. <laughs> it is what we do, uh, what people do at diners, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, here is a fun fact about you and I. Um, we have slept in almost as many hotel rooms together as my wife and I have. It's a very true fact. <laughs> very true fact. Here's the thing about Justin Jones Fosu is that he brings the energy and there's no ramp up. So, like, my dude, the last time we shared a hotel room was ba- this past summer, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, this past summer in, uh, at, 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 um, in, in Colorado. And my man, 5 a.m., the alarm goes off. Mind you, he went to bed at 3. 5 a.m., the alarm goes off. He's doing push-ups by 5.02. And Justin, Justin's one of those dudes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Justin's one of those guys. Like, he's the reason why Project, why Planet Fitness has a no has a lunk alarm in it. Okay, <laughs> my man gets into his workouts. <laughs> 
I love he does 50 push-ups and then immediately puts on the cha-cha slide. And before I know it, I'm outside of the bed and we're doing the cha-cha slide in our bedroom and our underwear, just doing some grown ass man shit. You're right. Slide to the left. Cha-cha, real smooth now. Take it back now, y'all. Turn top this time. Two hops is Please, everybody, clap your hands. Let's see what the delay sounds like. I I don't want. I don't want to trust that with the delay. Uh, How low can you go? How can you go down low? Look how low I can go. (laughs) You take it to the top. This is what it looks like when I talk to my parents on Facetime. Um, James, 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 James. I can't hear you, James. I love it. My parents are old Southern people. That's not true. Um, Justin, how are you, brother? You are a, uh, you're an exceptional speaker. Uh, You're you're an exceptional speaker. Um, And this has been a fascinating time for we speakers right now, right? Because we're, we're used to being in front of large groups of individuals and, and making them laugh and making them think. And uh, we don't get to do what we love to do right now, man. How are you doing? Man, I remember, you know, I think you and I have different kind of audiences. My large, my large groups are 10 people. Um, so like, I've been told my line, I'm like, oh, there's 10 people here? And you showed up because you thought somebody else was up. No. But uh, no, man, it's been, it's been intriguing, man. I, I've gone through a roller coaster of emotions um, and it's still going on, man. I think I went through the, my self-imposed quarantining of nine to 14 days of Netflix and HBO uh, where I didn't do anything respect, respect. <laughs> yeah, just because I was just so hurt and, and mad and sad and yeah. disappointed and frustrated at what was happening in society, what was happening to real people, but then also just what was happening to my business. Um, and I think, you know, for the first time, um, I've been able to learn how to effectively grieve and to learn what grieving means. And so I've been able to grieve. And, and I think this has been also the opportunity, like, I think if this happened four years ago, Justin four years ago would have been like immediately like, Hey everybody, it's time for a comeback. It's time for you to conquer your fears, to go over, to, to overcome the barriers that are swamping you and dealing with all the, and I'm like, I mean, while that there's absolutely some truth to that, um, there's also an opportunity and time just to grieve and to give ourselves grace. And so think this little bit, you know, older, mature Justin has been, give myself and say, Hey, you know, it sucks. And it's okay to say it sucks. And it's okay to feel that it sucks. Um, and it's okay to, to grieve and to have grace. Actually we need to, but that's, that's been probably the biggest part. And now I've, because I've done some of those things, I, I feel like I'm growing in a more meaningful way. So it's been tough. It's been hard trying to figure out how to be a homeschool parent. And like, even, you know, today I having conversations with Stephanie, um, of just like, we need to just disrupt this whole way that we've tried to do school. Because like what's happening is just not working. So anyway, so a lot of things up in the air. Um, but I have been one thing that I have been really appreciative of is just um, I've enjoyed creating, you know, and, and it really brought me back to my own why the heart of why I do what I do is helping people, man. And so uh, that's that's been great for me. How's it been for you, bro? I love that, man. Uh, that's powerful, dude. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, I think I, I love that term of of a grieving, of mourning, uh, and and the emotions that go through it because you're angry because you work so hard to build something and then it get ripped away from you. And it's like, especially as entrepreneurs, I didn't work, we didn't work our butts off 
to almost yeah. get what we want, right? We have right. To built the relationships. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That would be like, <laughs> it's uh, the equivalent to me is like all of a sudden a chef who learned how to make all these incredible things and, and built this restaurant and the restaurant's going great. And now all they can do is like, uh, all they're doing is like chicken and rice as a takeout, right? Yeah. Uh, or all they're doing is, uh, is fried mozzarella sticks, right? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's like, but I can do so much more. Right. Um, and, uh, and so that's been that's been hard uh, for sure I think for uh, for Tina and I it's also interesting I don't know for Stephanie and you we've gone through this in different ways um, and and it's hit us in different times like I think I think Tina was hit pretty hard early on um, mm-hmm. and meanwhile like last week last week I kind of had a moment where I was like yo how long is this gonna go like what are we doing yeah. here like can we do this and so it's just interesting the way like you know one goes through the steps of grieving of mourning in the same no. the same order um, yeah. and so yeah I think that's been I think that's been interesting dude and I love what you talked about uh, where you said you know we're trying to figure out this co-parenting we have to disrupt each other we have to, uh, sh- thank you Jordan I'm glad you love some mozzarella sticks All right. <laughs> uh, I do too <laughs> for the record you don't get the sex you're not eating mozzarella sticks <clears throat> so I love James boom and uh and Tina we, we can get you this this live this video so yes. yeah yeah Okay, perfect. We'll get him. Okay, excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, but you talked a little bit about uh, about how you have to disrupt uh, disrupt the way that you're parenting. This whole yeah. situation has been a disruption. Yeah. And a lot of people needed a disruption. Yeah. Right. Like, how many people out there are like, yo, you're really missing that job that you hated, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, like a lot of people needed a little bit of a disruption. The way that you handle that disruption is up to you, uh, right. but to acknowledge that this is a cool moment is important as well. Um, you can mourn and also be excited. You can mourn and also look forward. It's, it's an interesting thing. We humans are complicated, but how are you and Stephanie, um, dealing with that? Cause I know she's, she's right in the middle of her doctoral program right now. So she's yeah. got classes and stuff like that too. What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, we've actually gotten it down to a science, and it's just kind of we did a lot of research on this. Uh, I just I stay out her way, uh, so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, no, like she's she's been super focused in getting her comps done and getting a proposal uh, for her dissertation done, which fortunately you know passed and was able to move forward. Uh, to write a dissertation, um, and we we operate really on different schedules, uh, you know. So uh, like I'm passing nights in the wind, um, you know, because I'm the morning person. So like I'm normally up with the oh, kids. I know. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm normally up with the kids. We're working out. We're doing a workout video. Uh, we're getting Peter and then and Lydia ready for school, and then uh, now daycare uh, is kind of open back up, and um, and so like, and I'm normally like locked in till twelve with uh lydia in terms of all right what are you doing for school are you on the right thing are you on i ready are you doing your mandarin work all that kind of stuff and then you know stephanie would come like pick in and jump in at like 12 and so but she's like up to like two one or two in the morning like getting work done and stuff done and i'm knocked out um so it's you know figuring it out man and i mean even today we just had a conversation as i mentioned just like i saw a great article uh on a news outlet so just like you know how a lot of students are distancing from distance learning mm-hmm. and just, you know, as time has gone on that they've been further for this. So we, I'm like, yo, like we, we got it. We have to disrupt what we've been doing. We try to go into it. Like, all right, 
you know, from 9.30 to 3, 3 o'clock is school time. And this is what you do during this blocks. But we got to we're rethinking that. I'm like, all right, how are we putting in more creative things? And also, I learned and I, I want to do a video on this at some point, man. But I learned a great leadership thought of this of like I went and I do what most leaders did or I, I've thought about doing what most leaders do. And I was like, all right, Stephanie, you and I need to figure out how do we create the best schedule for Lydia? And I was like, why am I not asking Lydia? <laughs> you know, like, why would I talk to Lydia and ask her, what are some things, how does she think her schedule could look? How does she think her energy is? Like, what are some things that we, you know, we got to work with her because she'd probably put, ah, Mandarin cartoons from nine to three, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but like, just in bringing her in. So anyway, it's, it's been tough, but we're still figuring it out. We're not perfect. We're you know, I'm sure a lot of the great people are doing and killing the game. You mentioned to me afterwards uh, that you came back thoroughly changed. Like you said that, you know, you list, you, you identify as Ghanaian American. Um, yeah. But in previous conversations, if you were going to like write those out, the American would be way bigger font than the Ghanaian. Yeah. But now that's changed for you, man. Tell, tell us a little bit about that trip and what happened because uh, it was just so profound for you. Yeah, man. So this was uh, this was like my fourth time, um, but um, it was my kind of my rebirth moment because this is like really the first time I've gone as uh, a thinking adult. Like I said, put it that way. <laughs> I think the last time I went was like 14 years ago, so I was like 24. Um, and you know, I, my dad still paid for that, and, which is why I hadn't been in 14 years because my dad said he wasn't paying anymore. So I was like, cool, all right. Um, and so, so this last time I paid to go and, uh, took the family and took the kids. And, um, for me, it was just, it was transformational in a, in a lot of different ways. One, it, you know, um, you know, I, I initially went to go and just, you know, we talked about this before, but just to confront my dad. So for those who know my story, my dad wasn't an active force in my life from a presence perspective. Um, he did a little bit financially through my mom, but like, wasn't there to be periods where I didn't see him for like three years. Um, and, um, and so I went to go confront him. Like, you know, I don't know if you saw the scene on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's one of the top three shows. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. Um, <laughs> but like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is like, he got to that point and everybody always talks about, you know, if you've never seen it, you probably can Google, you know, why doesn't he love me? Um, and they talked about how that scene was unscripted. Um, how just, how he like, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, why he, you know, started crying and like, fell into the arms of Uncle Phil. And he was talking about his dad who was trying to be, he was trying to put on this front, like, I'm good. I got it all together. But then he was like, he just broke down. Like, why doesn't he love me? Um, and, um, or why doesn't he want me? Right. And so, so I felt that for a lot of my, you know, a lot of my years and growing up. And so I was like, I finally was just starting like, all right, I'm going to talk to him like, yo, why weren't you there? You know, we've never had that conversation. And so I was going to go confront him, let him know who I am. I'm friends with James, like all that kind of stuff, man. And, yeah. and he, he was like, who's James? Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I went and before I left through counseling and through conversations with some really cool people, I, it, I changed from going to confront him to going to hear his story. Mm. and and when going and taking the time to not go like yo why weren't you there and, and this is what i went through 
I took the time just to hear his story and what it was like for him and what was his life growing up and, you know, uh, what was his journey like as it relates to me and my mom and different things like that, you know, if they divorced when I was four. And so it was helpful, right? And so I, I think that experience, what I didn't realize is it opened up, um, it opened up something deep for me and I didn't realize I was holding off this aspect of my Ghanaian heritage uh, because I was holding off him. And when I forgave him, it like a flood of just that aspect of who I am came in. Like I always knew I was Ghanaian American, but you, you asked me, I would never tell you that. I'd say I'm an African-American who's also from Ghana. Um, but now, you know, I, I represent as a Ghanaian American and have embraced that aspect of me. And so that was transformative in that way. So it was relationally transformative, but it was also just consciously transformative and um, it's, it's been great, man. And so like, yeah, that, that was one of those moments that I was like, man, you know, no matter how old we get, there is a power of forgiveness. And, you know, one thing I think that in many of us who have been hurt by people, um, a lot of times we want to confront them, but sometimes, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but, you know, it may be helpful just to go and hear people's stories um, because we, we may actually give them, have more grace for them and have a better understanding of what happened and why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Man. Such a powerful moment, brother. And I remember, I mean, I saw you, I mean, was it the week after you got back or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You you came in with all of a sudden, like, I mean, Justin had one of the fiercest bow tie games, like seersucker, bow tie, strong out here uh, and the way that he looked. And, and all of a sudden he came in with a whole new, a whole new garb, right? A whole new, your whole outfits changed. Um, and like there was this immediate sense of this beautiful pride. Uh, and yeah. it was so cool uh, to hear you talk about it, man. I mean, you always talk with energy, but the passion in which you discussed uh, this experience for you was so profound. But I want to go back to something you said, because I, you glanced over it and you're like, hey, I went to counseling and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't going to confront him. I was, you know, I was going to ask questions. You know, like, oh, yeah. So anyway, so I went to Ghana um, like, and you did it with that same accent too. And I appreciate that. Thank um, you. But, uh, <laughs> You need, you need to work on your black accents. I, or would that be uh, cultural appropriation? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Right? I'm already white and do freestyle rapping, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> um, and I do have a great black accent. I just am not allowed to do it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this, is, this is again going well. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, Casey, I agree, brother. Weren't we, we were just sitting together at a diner. It was a yes, we yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah, close to a diner. <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. But let's go back to this point, man, because you decided to make the pivot from I'm going to confront them to I'm going to be curious about them. Yeah. That's not an easy switch to make, especially with years of earned frustration, with yeah. years of earned, like potentially like you had a right to, to confront them head on. Right. Yeah. But the, 
the switch to compassion or the switch to potential compassion, because I'm sure yeah. if, that an- if his answer was garbage, maybe, maybe you would have come with something else. Um, but the fact that you approached him from a place of curiosity, authentic yeah. curiosity, not judgmental curiosity, like, well, yeah. let me just see what you're going to say. Um, right. right? Like, <laughs> how did you decide to make that switch? And I mean, that, that couldn't have been one counseling session where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll give that a shot. All right. My flight's in a few hours. Uh, thanks doc. How was that? Yeah. How did you make that switch, man? No, nah, man, it's, um, ah, man, it's, uh, it, it took a lot of time, a lot of conversations with guys in my recovery group. It took a lot of time with, um, my leadership, Charlotte peeps and, you know, just being open and crying about it and talking about it and, um, engaging and hearing people's perspective of like people challenging me, like, you know, and me being mad at them challenging me, like, you know, me saying like, yeah, I'm going to confront them. They were like, you know, but have you ever heard how like his story, you know, and I don't need to hear his story. He wasn't there for me. Like, <laughs> and it took, you know, it took those kinds of people, some, some of the challenges. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I often talk about in our lives that we need two different types of people. We need both cheerleaders and challengers. If you can have them in the same person, that's dope. Um, but, you know, I had some challenges. I was like, have you heard his story? Like people go through things and, you know, a lot of things that happen to you. And it's just, I didn't want to hear that stuff, but it was super helpful because it really encouraged and pushed me to be like, well, let me, let me really be curious to see what he has to say. And so it took a lot of time. It took probably about, I talked about it in my leadership Charlotte retreat, our opening retreat in like August, September, August. And I probably made the decision. I talked about confronting him and I probably made a decision probably about April hmm. um, to that shift it to being curious and to kind of hearing his perspective. Um, and so, yeah, it, 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 there was no magic bullet. It, it just, it took people will, one part of my crew willing to challenge me um, on it. And two people, just people sharing and hearing other people's perspectives of their their version or things that they've done wrong um, or haven't been there for people and how it wasn't necessarily just completely cut and dry. Um, And so, yeah, so it allowed me to kind of come up, step outside myself and ask like, yeah, what was his journey? You know, and um, am I able to hear that? And so while there's still things in the story that he shared that I disagree with and wish he would have made different decisions. Um, it did allow me a, a greater aspect of giving him grace through the midst of it. And um, I think we have a better relationship now because of it. Yeah. Cause I would assume um, that since you approached it that way mm-hmm. and almost like you let him speak first, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Since you did that, when it came time for you to talk about like, this is what it looked like from my end, here's what it yeah. felt like from my perspective, when it took, when you, when it switched to you being able to talk, he heard it differently as well. I yeah. assume. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, he seemed to take it well, but you know, like I, I just took time to hear his, his view and, and then I was able to address things from his, his view. Yeah. Um, and to kind of ask deeper, like one of the big things that you know, I often talk about in this whole conversation of diversity and inclusion that I had to challenge myself to ask is the three powerful words of tell me more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I practiced that a lot. <laughs> I was like, tell me more. Right. You know, and so uh, but when I when it came time for me to 
jump in and to really kind of engage and say, like, I, you know, I wish you would have done this differently or or ask deeper questions like, why didn't you do this or what happened here? Or this is how I felt or this is what I believe happened. Um, he was able to either address it. But just the fact that he was able to go to share his story, I think, allowed him to uh, hear what I said differently. And, 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 and I think, you know, in our country that's so divided right now and with so many different things, you know, um, from everything, right? It's, you know, allowing people to share their story and where they came to or how they got to this um, is super beneficial to be able to share your perspective and your view. And so um, I had to practice the stuff that I teach others. So yeah. <laughs> it was tough. Which it was sucks. tough, though. Doesn't, doesn't it yeah, it have sucks, a really good man. idea that other people should do? <laughs> I'm like, man, what I, I got to do that? I got to actually listen to other people first yeah, before sure. I talk? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm wondering for the, for those of you that are listening, uh, I want you to write the name of someone who you need to forgive. And I'm just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> what I'd love for you to do is if That'd you're thinking good. about, I'm curious if there's someone that you're thinking about right now that you, that you've held off having a conversation with, or maybe that, uh, you could approach a conversation that you really want to have with somebody. Um, if this is resonating with you, do me a favor, just smash that heart button. Uh, just smash that heart button just so we could feel not so alone in this conversation. If this is resonating with you. Um, and and so, because here's the thing, Justin, is that uh, I've often thought about this as well. And in, in uh, when my when my previous marriage ended, when my previous marriage ended, uh, whenever I would tell somebody about what happened, mm -hmm. and not even with details of what happened, even just like we got a divorce and it was my fault um, and stuff like that, I would share the story with people because I wanted them wanted them to come at me. Because that's what I thought I deserved, mm. right? I wanted people to like be like, wow, I never thought you'd be like that, bro. You suck. I thought you were like yeah. this. You're like that? Oh, hell yeah. no. Um, yeah. That's what I always expected people would do. Um, but that never happened. Uh, it never, I mean, maybe there was probably like maybe like one or two people who understandably, maybe one not as understandably, um, <laughs> came at me. Um, but 98% of the people that I was vulnerable with during that time in my life, they really, um, they approached it with a curiosity. They approached it with a, tell me more. They approached yeah. it with a, I've known you for too long. I know you're a good person. And so I know that this whole story doesn't now change the way that I look at you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so it's so it's, it's incredible to me that you found grace in that moment. Um, because now when you go back to Ghana and you've gone back a number of times, you've bought some mm -hmm. friends over with you. Yeah. I know you're, you're doing some really cool enterprise, um, uh, enterprise opportunities over there as yeah. well. Feel free to talk about those if you want, man. But, uh, you also go back and see your father, um, and, and, uh, and spend time with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it, it was, uh, just the fact of being able to go and like this last time I went, um, I, I took some speakers with me. Um, and part of that time, you know, you know, my dad and I, we went, you know, which is, sounds really weird to say, like some people, they and their dads, they go like hiking and go on the camping trips and, you know, make food together and stuff like that. 
uh, me, and, me and my dad, we went and did work at the mall. <laughs> so okay. that was, was our bonding time, right? <laughs> 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 but that worked for us. Like we went and we had some coffee. Like, yeah, this is, he's like, this is where I normally go. So I was like on the journey with him to what he normally does. Um, you know, I still have my things, you know, my dad's a workaholic. I'm trying not to be. Um, and uh, yeah, and so like, but that was our bonding time. We like, and that was really cool. Like we, we took that time just to be able to to go out and talk on the car ride and, you know, um, got some stuff done, laughed and joked, and then you kind of came back. And so, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's improved um, the relationship. And, and even recently he gave me a call, like, you know, maybe I, you know, maybe even the conversation we had lifted the, the burden from him. Right. Because a lot of times you see like I don't know if you recently saw like the Rodman documentary um, or the Rodman 30 for 30 for ESPN. Um, like I just recently saw it. And, you know, one of the things he has is this he talks about this rift, not rift, but this thing he has between him and his mom. And he feels so bad for all the things he's done to his mom, mm-hmm. um, if I could paraphrase. But because he feels so bad, he doesn't want to engage her. Because he doesn't want to deal with feeling bad. <laughs> yeah, sure. he avoids it. Yeah. yeah, he avoids it, right? And so, like, so I wonder in some ways, you know, because my dad called me recently and just was like, just checking in. And I was like, what? Like, who is this? Like, and what have you done with him, right? <laughs> uh, and that's, that, that was my black accent. I think it was really good. <laughs> Thank I you. I appreciate that was a really good black accent. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but no, it was just, uh, you know, just I may have lifted a weight off of him and our conversation from this past summer and for him just to call and check and, you know, say things like I'm proud of you, like that I'd never heard him say before and like, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's intriguing, an intriguing journey. Like how, what's been the the, the toughest way because i know you're you're dude of compassion and leading with authentic authenticity um like what's been the toughest kind of hearing somebody else's story when somebody's wronged you that you've had to encounter or gone through great question i don't know uh i've had a couple of i've had a couple of people like that but i haven't been in that situation many times Mm-hmm. Um, and my family has been really, uh, has been really solid. My parents have been together for, uh, this is actually their 50th year of marriage, which was really cool. Um, that's no joke. Um, wow, <laughs> yeah, big, that's yeah, dope. big deal, big deal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think it is, uh, it, I don't have as many of these stories, um, because I'm just so great, you know, so, uh, <laughs> that's what Laura told me. I mean, that's pretty much, she was it, like, yeah. James is pretty great. And I was yeah, like, all right, Laura. Great. Okay. Laura. <laughs> sorry. Miss Laura. Miss Laura. Sorry. Miss Laura. Miss Laura. Lavender. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> shout out to Laura Lavender. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think, I think for me, what it's been is there have been some friends that I pour a ton into. As, yeah. as a friend, I am a, I'm a giver. I'm the caller. I am the check-in. I'm the follow-up. I'm the, that's who I am. And I don't ask for that in return, um, mm-hmm. but I do now ask for people not to take advantage of it yeah. and not to take advantage of me. Um, and so I had a friend of mine who was super close. Uh, we had known each other since, since graduate school. And, uh, 
and and we were super tight. Um, we had, we'd been romantically involved as friends a couple of times as well, mm-hmm. but it was never uh, never anything more than that. And uh, and that was communicated as well. This isn't just my side of the story. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, sure, James. But, uh, right. Um, but uh, she got into a relationship with an individual who wound up being um, who wound up being fairly uh, fairly verbally abusive and controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in trying to help her out of that situation, um, she completely wrote me off, um, mm. and blocked me and, and, uh, stopped answering all the calls. And just when I was even trying to check in on to the point where I was like, I messaged her friend. I was like, yo, is, is this woman even still alive? Like yeah. she's with this jerk. Um, and, uh, and then afterwards, um, afterwards she tried to come back. Like everything was like hunky dory and like, we're also, we're just going to be right back in there. And there was some grace for sure of like, Hey, you were in a crappy situation. Um, just because you didn't do what I said you did should do. doesn't mean that we can't be friends, but it was the way that she then approached it. And it was one of those things where I was like, listen, you've never really been an exceptional friend, um, Mm. to me. It's always been Mm. something where I've done a lot of giving and you've done a lot of taking and I'm, and I'm grateful that I've been able to help you through some tough times. Um, but at some point in time, you, your selfishness is not working in the yeah. long term for our friendship. And I haven't had many friends that I've had to have a conversation like that with, uh, but that was a really mm. important one. Wow. That's a uh, man. That, that sounds like a super courageous, bro. Like <laughs> the, uh, to be for real, like, I mean, those are tough. I mean, having those really tough conversations, especially when somebody's going through their own trauma, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like, you know, because like even right now, there's a hesitancy for me to address things with people because I know the trauma that people are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that, you know, that you're able to be courageous and gracious in the same space, even in the stuff that she was going through, is like, it, it's just it's, it's super dope on you, man. That's dope, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I get a gold star from it, but I do. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I tried to mend the relationship afterwards. It, it just wasn't there. Um, and uh, so it is, it is what it is. Uh, at yeah. some point in time, I mean, as we get older, we get pickier. As we get older, yeah. we get more uh, selfish about time because we recognize that it's finite. Um, and yeah. so, who do we give it to? How are we going to pass it out? Uh, I think that's I think that's something that happens as we get older, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah. and it's fair, like you know, like this is something I came up with in my time at school of just like I called it like the ABCs, ABCs of kind of relationships. So I I designed this or created this for relationships specifically, but I can see it in friends, right? It's like you know, imagine that you you talking to somebody getting to know them and they are, they're your A person. You're like, they're your A spoon cone. You're like, yes, like you my person, right? And they're like, you're my C person. Like, well, I'll see you when I see you, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, you skip the B, right? Like, yeah. and you're like, you're treating them like an A person. And so you're getting frustrated and disappointed because you're the, you, you, they're your A and they're getting overwhelmed and overburdened because you're their C, Right. And so I was like, either one or two things either has to happen. Either you eventually see me as A, I lower my expectations and only now see you as C, or we just, it's just going to be too much friction and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, you, the, the getting the right match, you know, of like, hey, this is my B person, right? And this is cool, right? Or, but that same thing applies, I uh, think, to our friendships and relationships. It's like, 
you know, I call it the eighty twenty rule, right? I, I don't, I created it, right? Here, whatever. Okay, sure. um, yeah, so I created the eighty twenty rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pending, yeah, yeah. Look at me, right? Uh, but no, but the, the eighty twenty rule. Um, I started asking, like, I was using that in business, and I was like, great business concept. But I started asking the questions, like, what does that look like in my own personal life? Because I was the kind of person because. I um, am an extrovert and get my energy from people that I, you know, I would spend 80% of my time with 80% of the people in my life and 20% of my time with, you know, the top 20% of people in my life. And I was like, what if I flip that? What if I started spending 80% of my time and investing in the top 20% of the people in my life um, and have 20% of time for the other 80, right? And so like, I'm not, you know, listening to no new friends, no, no new. Right. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm able to invest in the people who've been there who are challenged me. And it's no hard feelings who people are part of the 80%. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, you got your top 22. Like, you know, all of us ask like, who's on your favorites list, right? Who, who's on the, the speed dial in your phone? <laughs> Yo, yeah. Right. Who can get through That's This is the thing for the iPhone people who can get through when your phone is on DND. Ooh, that's your true ooh. that's the true jump right there right you know it's like who's on your dnd list hmm? uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's that's the, that's the outdated technology we need to talk about um but yeah so like that aspect of friendship has been important and to not you know to not necessarily get offended that i'm not somebody's a person which i, I used to i used to want to be everybody's a person because that's just my personality and my pride and uh, you know, but I've, I've had to grow. I've had to evolve. And so how have you done? I'm, I'm, curi- I'm really curious to know for you because you are a person who uh, it appears gets great energy from people. I know you hate uh, doing comedy and you hate speaking and, uh, you know, you hate worse. beards and bow ties and everything. Uh, but like, <laughs> but how do you how have you navigated the space where your friends you know, you may, there may be a misalignment in your friendship outside of that person. Right. Like, and there's nothing bad has happened, but it's just a misalignment in your friendship of like, they're either treating you like you're the best friend in the world. And you're like, uh, <laughs> or, you know, you're treating them like they're the best slice of fresh bread from Ghana. Mm. Mm. Um, and they're like, I'll use you when I use you. Like, how have you navigated that, bro? Yeah, it's hard, man. Uh, It's definitely hard uh, because I have a deep fear of people not liking me. Um, and it's what's my Achilles heel, I would say, because um, it causes me to accommodate a lot. And honestly, I'm not I'm not, not going to lie, man. When you just talk about the 80 20 rule, I'm over here thinking like, who do I give? I think I give 80% of my time to 80% of the people mm-hmm. still, right? Again, that is an extroverted quality for sure. Yeah. Um, introverts are way better at that. Um, they are. But, uh, but still, uh, it is interesting because, especially because I'm attracted to the new, right? I'm attracted, yeah. oh, you're a new friend. Oh, you're a new contact. What are we hanging out? What was going on? Was that, whoa, 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 right. right? Like, um, and I want to spend that time. Excuse me, I really want to spend that time with people, um, and so this is this is an area where I struggle um, for sure. And I don't think I'm. Uh, I would love to get a little bit more. What I believe would be positively selfish. About mm, it. I like um, that. Right, a little bit of positive, a po- a selfish positivity, or positively selfish, I'd say, um, because 
I think it would take some pressure off of me because what I also yeah. do is I wear it on my sleeve when nobody else reaches out to me. I really yeah. wear it on my sleeve that like, man, I'm the only person who calls and whatnot. Like even in my family, I'm the caller more often than not. That's changed a little bit here in quarantine, um, but uh, it's also how I've trained my friends. Yeah. Think about that, right? Like that's the, good, bro. The pattern that we've trained our friends is like, I'm a call you. Yeah. Right? And uh, like, I have a buddy of mine who back, uh, back when we used to drive and I mean, you know, this, you're driving three or four hours between Kansas and Nebraska to do right. gigs. Um, and by three or four hours, I mean six or seven. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's when I get a lot of my phone calls done. Right. And, and I had a buddy who would always be like, what are you in the car again? And I'm like, yeah, I am in the car. Are you ever in the car? Because you sure as hell never call me. Like, go hit me with this. Oh, you in the car? So you call me? Like, yeah, bro. You ever been in a car before? Um, right. Because my call list says nah. Um, right. So, um, but but we train our friends. We train our families also for how we like to be communicated with. Yeah. Um, and that's and uh, and so I think it's important to recognize that that doesn't mean that it's all our fault, but it does mean that I mean I had to have a conversation with my parents where I was like, listen. I would really appreciate it if you called me every once in a while. Yeah. And just because I just, I just, it's just nice to be thought of. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, uh, but yeah, and that's a conversation that I had to have where it's like, here's how it makes me feel. And I, I just totally, I statement it just to keep it lame. Um, right. but to ideally trying to get feelings hurt. Um, but yeah, so that's what I would say to that brother. And that's a tough one, man, because, you know, you said you, you hit you said it perfectly just in terms of training people in certain ways. And I've realized there's several things I've done wrong in training people. Like one of the things that I've, I've tried to do a better job of keeping out of my vocabulary uh, is the word busy. Right. Because like I've learned a lot of people have said, like, I just thought you were too busy or I thought you were busy or I thought you had something going on or I thought you. And I'm like, oh, why did you think that? And I'm like, because every time they hit you up, oh, yo, I just, man, I'm just really busy. And I got a lot. Of, <laughs> and, and, and people <laughs> I'm like, but why did you invite me to something? I just thought you had something else going on. It'd be great to be invited, you know, but I had to realize, like, what am I communicating to people? You know, um, that's one. And then two, I, I sometimes play this game. It's not a healthy game to play. But I sometimes just stop calling people just to see how long we'll go to not talking before they actually reach out to me. <laughs> it's so scary, though, dude. It's scary. It's years. <laughs> it's a crazy game. They're like, yeah, we ain't talked in a long time. I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, why don't you call me? I was like, why don't you call me? Um, That's like but, when you're you know, dating somebody and you don't live together yet. And you're like, I'm going to treat uh, yeah. you with a silent treatment. <laughs> And then how you are supposed to do is you're supposed to come up to me one day and be like, is anything going on? And right. then I will release the hounds, but only then. <laughs> we'll not talk about it then, you know? And so like, yeah, so I've had some friends where I've had to be like, there's been different ways I've approached that, right? There's been yeah. one, one way of like, I had to confront them, right? And a positive, healthy confrontation, because confrontation is not bad, but it is helpful to kind of share your expectations. And like the same thing you did of like, hey, do you mind calling me? Like I've noticed the pattern of like I'm always calling you and being able to talk about that, right? Um, so compassionately confront. Yeah. Um, but I've had some other friends where I've just had to personally renegotiate expectations. Yeah. Um, and realize like, hey, where they are right now, seasons have changed, bandwidth may have changed, and I may hear from them less and, and I've had to grow okay with that. And so now instead of saying, hey, like I should be talking to you for this frequency, I'm now like, 
I don't expect to talk to you. And when I do, it's added benefit and plus, but I had to do my own internal work and it took me time, time to get there mm-hmm. uh, to be able to pr- process and get there. And I, you know, and it's interesting what quarantine has done, right? You know, so some of the th- things I've seen is like, you know, there's been some relationships that have really grown stronger and yeah. some people have been like, nah, you, you was never it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so Chris Brown deuces, you're like, Mr. we right, out this you're not Mr. Right now, you're yeah, Mr. Right. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, <laughs> and uh it's been it's been intriguing to see like you know what that looks like and how that looks and what happens as we progress through this what friendships are made stronger uh because people have time but oh what, what other thing about a friend hit me up what i thought was really dope he, he was like yo like he's like i'm not gonna be able to keep up this level of interaction because it's like people always expect me to be home now because they like you ain't got nowhere else to go. Like, <laughs> and then it's going to be when it, when things may open up, whatever that may be. He's like, there's going to be a level of a, a disappointment moment for a lot of people because it's like they're not going to be able to have access like they did. They're not going to be able to call and get immediately to me. They're not going to be. And so it's going to be curious to see what what this whole journey of quarantining and COVID looks like. So. It'll be fascinating yeah. to see what patterns stick, right? Yeah. And like the idea of Zooming, having a Zoom call with my entire family, that technology yeah. has existed for quite a long time. Yeah. But we didn't use it until this, right? It's yeah. so interesting. Um, and it's been really fun getting to, you know, I mean, just just the uh, last night, I was on a Zoom call with a, a, a friend, some of my best friends who live in Columbus, Ohio, and, yeah. and my my other couple friends that live in New York City. Uh, but one half of them was in was in Boca Raton, Florida, and we just like, hey, let's have a let's have a a, a date, right? Like, a, like yeah. three couples, let's play some games. And if we wanted to do that in real life. I mean, that would have taken literally months, plane tickets, <laughs> lodging, yeah. uh, right? Like, um, and so I, I hope some of that stuff sticks. It'll be yeah. very interesting to see what happens for sure. I, I'm curious to know for, for those who are like, are tuning in live right now, uh, just to put in the chat, what have been some of the things that have happened um, during this whole craziness that you want to continue doing, that you want to keep doing. Um, that's really interesting for me. I know one of the things for me has been like these walks with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, you know, I have this, I have this whole meaningful day framework and that's on there for each of the days of what, it, what does a meaningful day look like for me? And, you know, just walking with them or playing with them um, has been something that's been super dope for me. And, um, just exploring and seeing, and I let them choose. Like I've, I've learned to uh, allow a different child to choose each time which way we go, yeah, and yeah. so they're learning about exploring. And we've I've seen parts of our neighborhood that I've never seen, uh, just because cool. I've let them pick, you know. And so that's one thing that you know, even as some things kind of get back to whatever that new normal is, I want to continue. I want to continue in those walks because those have been super dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to hear some thoughts about that as well. I mean, Tina and I, uh, we go on walks every single day, and we already talked about how we should continue to go on walks. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that just that intentional time. Now, it's actually one of the reasons why whenever we were both traveling a lot, you know, there'd be, there'd be a lot of weeks where we would see each other for 48 hours in a week, and that was about yeah. it. Um, and so it's like, let's not, let's not cook dinner because the, the prep time, the eating time, and the cleaning time, like – Let's just, I want to go to a restaurant 
I want to go to a restaurant um, and just so I can just be there with you. Let somebody else yeah. handle everything so I could be the most present with you. That's what we would do to try to have some of that intentional time. And now that we're in quarantine, now that we're in quarantine, it is those walks have been so pivotal for us. Yeah. Uh, because that is, those are our moments of intentionality. And I hope that that continues as well. Dan Fail has got a thought over here. Dan, what'd you say here? Hoping to keep weekly Zoom calls with friends, board games with my kids when I have them. Yeah, self-reflection. I love that, brother. Yeah, Dan and I talked last week about some of the powerful self-reflection that he's been going through, right? Trying to come up with different uh, keynote ideas and uh, and what does it mean to be a speaker for him. Uh, and uh, I mean, I love how he posts every single week on his social media about how he wipes the floor with his daughter in Monopoly. I know she doesn't love that as much. Um, but uh, <laughs> for the rest of us Park place. For the park place, bruh. Uh, <laughs> Ventnor Avenue. Um, <laughs> love the yellows. So, uh, but yeah, for sure. Um, Dan, this is a great one, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Justin... I'm so glad that we got to talk for a while, brother. I want to thank you for coming on here and spending some time with us. Uh, and uh, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast uh, and for, for hearing it. As always, if you want to hear the Q&A, make sure that you tune in. Go ahead and go to my YouTube channel and uh, and you can find the Q&A that Justin and I are going to do right after this. But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you say, uh, smash that subscribe button. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Diner Talks with James. It was so much fun getting to hang out with you and finish our milkshakes in that squeaky red leather booth. <laughs> if you do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, that would be dope. And also, if you could leave a review on iTunes, well, <laughs> come on now, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to be a part of the action, we record these live on YouTube Live every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to YouTube and type in James T. Robo and smash that red subscribe button so you know when we go live next. Also, while we're on the subject, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. I post meaningful content on Instagram, witty content on Twitter. Let's get connected in some other places, folks. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the guest tonight, please check out the show notes. My friends, until next time, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care.